I, I guess this is this the last G1 update? Unless we're this is uh, Dylan. What are the odds? that okada wins a block because i want to say me and blake are both mathematically eliminated from winning because we kind of are but if okada wins blake blake could come back and destroy all of us um there is a 50 50 shot like i said i i can't stay up to afford but uh you could scotty potentially or maybe it's up now uh, if you can tell me the mat, the order of the match card for tonight, I can tell you the percentage chance that Okada is winning. Oh wait, is it tonight? I yeah. thought it was. I thought it was in like a few days. No. Um. Let me see. What What is tonight? It's night seventeen, and we can do the order, and we'll make a quick early prediction of is Okada winning. So, the opening match is uh, some young lions. Then we have Jeff Cobb versus Takahashi. Both men are mathematically eliminated, so doesn't matter. Uh, we then have, damn it, did it's a real jip in my craw that it just says both men are mathematically eliminated underneath the next match, Suzuki versus Takage. Well, they both let us down, okay? Yep. Uh, Okada is ne- taking Osprey next. Oh, and then says, Jay White is winning. Yeah, Jay White's winning because <laughs> Jay White's in the final. Yeah, oh, fuck. Says uh, Okada needs to win or draw, and for White or a actually, to I lose. take that back. They could pull the the major bullshit where there's like some crap in the finals. I really am hoping that they let Jay Jay do it though. Honestly, I'm kind of hoping for a Jay Evil final at this point. Yeah. But yeah, I mm-hmm. but so here's the two thing. It's either uh in my estimation it's either Jay Sonata or Okada Sonata. And if Sonata makes it then Blake's eliminated cuz that's all the points I need. Okay, okay. Yep. I love how the man who has been in the lead for the entire tournament's like this is all I need to win. Motherfucker, no, you're fine. Jay's in the finals. You need to understand I don't count Okada out of shit. He shouldn't win based on the fact that this <laughs> tournament is going the exact same way as the fucking 2007, 18, 2018 <laughs> tournament where he fucking wore red <laughs> pants and like dyed his hair and bullshit. This yeah, tournament, he keeps using that bullshit submission f- finish for everything. Which is why I want. Which is why Osprey will potentially win, just to really hammer home that Okada should a stop wearing trunks. It looks weird, and then b stop trying to use the money clip. Mm-hmm. We'll we'll know if Okada wins based off of his appearance on night seventeen. Oh, it'll be the same. Basically, I'll wake up and I'll know before you guys will, because I wake up at like six forty-five. So I'm gonna go check, and then if Okada loses, then I know what's happening. Yeah. If Okada wins, I'm just gonna you're just gonna hear him be like, fuck you, Blake. There's just gonna be We should have never gave Dylan the ability to talk about New Japan. This is the longest cold open ever. <laughs> Alright, start the show. Fight Boys, a show about professional and not so professional wrestling. I am your host, the third man in the G1 tournament, Scotty Moore. <laughs> I am your potentially third man in the G1 tournament, Blake Tanner. And I am, and then you just insert the Rainmaker music here. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But the continuing reign of the Pickmaker, the Dylan. Yeah. Yeah. The man who. Pretty much beyond a shadow of a doubt now, right? Based off what you said, is going to be winning this one? Yeah, basically, he's going to be. Here's the thing. I've realized I got to go with... I Every year I go with a risky pick, I get fucked. Because I was like, Tama's going to get win the G1. No. Suzuki's winning. Fucking stop. Just stop. Literally, if you had picked anyone else more reasonable, you probably would have been right there with me. But you, I was on a real Suzuki kick three weeks ago, and it just led me to be like, this could be his year. And it was not. I really, I really did 
did feel sad after you told me that, and I was like, "Have you? Are you locking that in?" Yes. Okay, so it felt terrible. It was like <laughs> telling a child that Santa doesn't exist. It was really, it was heartbreaking. I, I believe my favorite quote from me was, Suzuki can still win. And you said, no, 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 he's mathematically eliminated. I said, not if he stabs <laughs> the other four people in the tournament. He should be fine. There was actually a year where he said, "What? how do you know? What if the other people get sick and they can't compete? I could win still. <laughs> Thus yeah. leading to the my belief that he did try to poison them. Yeah. Uh, now on to uh, into wrestling news. Well, this was wrestling news. On to WWE news. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm upset at the fact that SmackDown and Raw were both better shows than AEW this week. I'm upset at that. I'm very physically upset at that. Because SmackDown... Like, Blake and I watched SmackDown live, and it was... It was fucking killer. Like, yeah, they made some bad decisions, but Big E had the singles match of his career. The New Day reunited. Like, yeah, we had to look at Matt Riddle a little bit, but, like, outside of that, it was just a good fucking episode. Um, did you forget about the big return we're gonna talk about later that was the worst? Yeah, but I I don't care. That was in one segment, and luckily it was during the- He was on Raw, too, wasn't he? Yeah, but luckily it was both during already bad segments. It's not like he came out and ruined a good segment. I was already gonna be like, this is bad. What was wrong with AEW? From what I could tell, three out of the four title matches were really good. And then, like, the end of the episode was amazing. Uh, I liked uh, I liked AEW a lot more than you did, I think, well, okay, because he, I would have put it on the same level, if not better than Raw. Here was the thing with AEW. One third of the show was all right. It was average AEW. One third of it was fucking phenomenal. Best stuff they've put out in a long time. And then there was the final third. And that's where everything just went to shit. I did not like everything post Cassidy versus Cody just got rough like the sheeta match sheeta was off for some reason yeah like i said three out of four matches but like from what i could tell from the the main event it was fine to good it was a it was a big boy punch fight and i was like i'm tired of seeing big because you got to remember i have to watch raw every week where all i get that's is big not boy punch fight. fucking aew's so, yeah, fault that's not fair, yeah, that's though. Not, that's I'm not, sorry. Well, this is... uh, no, AEW is presenting itself as an alternative, which means they also need to be looking at what's happening on the other show. No, the other they show don't. Where... They need to no, run their own goddamn the show. Let me rant, I'm watching everything. I watch every show, hour to hour, every week on WWE Raw. I get to watch a champion beat the shit out of the number one contender. Guess what was the only thing happening on AEW? Nothing impressive coming out of Moxley, just I want to punch the big man, and then I will punch big, and that's all it was. There was nothing creative. They were reusing spots from Wrestle Kingdom, which would have been fine if they had learned anything from it. Like, Moxley hit the paradigm shift through tables like he did at Wrestle Kingdom. Fucking Archer should know not to do that. Archer should know to react to that. But it was generic spot after generic spot in a basic, vicious title match. There was nothing intriguing about it. Nothing interesting. The only good part was Eddie Kingston afterwards being Eddie Kingston. You do realize that 75% of their audience didn't fucking watch that Wrestle Kingdom match. So you trying so trying to build upon something that no one has seen helps no one. You mean the thing they kept bringing up during this rivalry? Correct. The they brought Kingdom it up, match? but nobody had seen it outside of like a select group of fans. Nobody's going to go out after seeing that promo and be like, "I should pay ten dollars to buy the like get New Japan World, find that Wrestle Kingdom, search for that match before the." Nobody who's watching basic cable wrestling is doing that. Here's what that match was. It was the Hangover 2. It was, oh, let me go back and watch the original, in this case, let me go back and watch the original Hangover. Okay, this is a good film. Let me watch the sequel. It's the same fucking film. It's the same thing, just again. And that's what was, that. I was getting heated over it. And also because I'm just so fucking tired of uncreative bullshit. I am so sick of it. 
Anyways, Big E had a really good fight against Sheamus. Uh, no, SmackDown was pretty good. It had a couple of lemons. I honestly was not impressed with Raw. Um, there were some good moments. Well, you came you came in during the bad part of Raw. You came in when Raw got... Raw was a you, lot you, like you AEW. You literally it, just ragged on AEW because a third of it was rough. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. A third of Raw was rough, a third of it was good, a third of it was really fucking bad. But at the end of the day, like, there was more <laughs> You just shit. listed two thirds of it being bad. No, a third of it was alright. No, he said a third of it was rough. I'm calling you out on it. That was a Freudian slip. <laughs> no, third was really fucking good. AJ, if we're gonna move on to Raw, uh, Seth and Seth Rollins and AJ Styles, two guys who have been off their bullshit for the longest time, finally got back on their bullshit and had a phenomenal fucking match. Uh, Blake, I will, I will call you out because it Raw did have the sell of the century. <laughs> I okay, that is one moment that I loved that was absolutely great, but that does not make up for the ending. No, no, um, the ending was absolutely garbage. As it was on AEW, so like... Wait, so you were cool with the, the, uh, the women's battle royale? Yeah, that was... Oh, it God, was very that bad. that was terrible. <laughs> um, but I will say, to go... <laughs> to go with something good, though, Ricochet fucking... He did the uh, the Eddie Guerrero chair spot. It, it was the faint. It, 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 it was the... Lord Jesus! The faint, though. <laughs> I'm coming down with the vapors! <laughs> That was probably my moment of the night from Raw, though. Like that was goddamn phenomenal. Yeah. Um. And that was that was so that was so ricochet. Yeah, it was very very good. Um, that was great. Like uh, the AJ match was very very good. Like everything they put out was all right or great on that episode. And I guess it is because I do watch Raw every single week. So your bar is really goddamn low. <laughs> Yeah, so I was like, yeah. I'm expecting some bullshit. Oh, fuck, they are doing it this week, though. They are getting it. Okay. Now, between Raw and SmackDown, though, like you said, Biggie fucking match of, like, his career. One of the best matches he's had because it was concise and it was brutal. Yeah, it, that was great. Then we had the New Day win the titles. Then we had the heartbreaking moment which I am not going to say was a bad decision. Like, it got an audience reaction, and they're going to be doing good shit with it. But I it hope did, they are, but, like, it I... did kill both of us when they broke up the New Day. I am... I, I was livid in the moment, but that's what they wanted me to be. I am also terrified that they'll fuck this up, because they're so bad with doing any type of breakup, even though this is one where, like, the New Day were like, we are not breaking up, we will stay together, we'll be on both shows. As long as they keep going on with that and WWE doesn't fuck it up, then they'll be fine. From what I, I mean, that's kind of why Big E had this temporary singles run. That was a test run to see if the crowd could get behind him without Kofi and without X. And he proved himself, like, he proved I can get over without them. And then they said, okay, why don't we have a presence of the New Day on every show? That way... When we do get back to live events, if someone comes to see Raw live and they love the New Day, they get to see the New Day. If they go to SmackDown, they get to see the New Day. Just Big E, but like... Yeah, I don't know if he was just, like, acting it really well and committing to it, but E looked legitimately pissed. Oh, uh, E's a good actor, though. He, uh, they had to have known about that. Um, also, good news out of the draft, though. One tag team may be apart, but one may be reforming. And Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens are back on the same fucking roster. I don't care if they're fighting together, against one another. I'm just happy. Yeah, that'll be you, you good. You didn't even talk about heavy machinery breaking up. Yeah. That's because WWE didn't even talk about heavy machinery breaking up. Uh, Otis God. Got, got like a promo on, I think it was The Bump, so you're right, they didn't talk about it, but like, Otis had like a legitimately emotional promo about it. Like, that's all, it's Tucky. <laughs> Tucky's gone. So, I would love to know what Andrade did to be so horribly abandoned by the company. Uh, oh, he's uh, he, he's getting surgery from what I've heard. And so he's going to be taking time off. So you don't want to have him win and then disappear. Meltzer also said that, um, like, he was one of uh, Heyman's big projects. 
And once Heyman was dropped, then it, it was just like he was kind of floundering. So when he comes back is going to be the real test of if um, if you're going to see Andrade doing anything I've worthwhile. Big, I've heard big push. Big push when he comes back from surgery. Yeah. Hope so. You remember how they were supposed to push Bianca and fucking Peyton? I was very mad that Bianca got eliminated the way she did from that. I was very mad about that whole, but well, the whole battle royal, we just kind of kept going, where's Alexa? Because Alexa was the one of the main people advertised mm-hmm. for this. Where is Alexa? Hanging out with the fiend, getting ready to fuck some shit up. Still best, I, best sister, I guess, Beautiful. I guess Natty's winning. That's cool. No! And then me and Blake were just mad. To be fair, Lana... Lana did have that great bit where she was just like, oh, you want drama? Talk to the woman who has two ex-husbands and an ex-girl, or an ex-girlfriend. <laughs> ex-girlfriend, yeah. Uh, um, she also fucking... Kayfabe. Keep it kayfabe. What was that fuck? what was that, uh, Natty Lana breakup earlier oh, in the night where fucking... Lana, Lana loses, and then Natty just looks at her and she goes, what are you, stupid? And then just leaves, and then Lana does the worst fake crying, and it was fucking good. I loved it. Was it was so fucking... It was uh, utterly ridiculous, and I mean, it was worth it to watch. Um, but I, I don't think, Scotty, I don't think either of us realized that Lana went under, like, didn't go over the top rope, because we saw her fly out of that fucking ring. Yeah, well, no, what we saw was her get put through a table by Nia Jax, and we just assumed at that point, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but but speaking, yeah, apparently spe- that match... That match is not going to be Hell in a Cell. It will be next week, meaning we can still have Alexa Bliss versus Asuka at Hell in a Cell, but, like, this was just a decision they made, I guess. Hey, kids, you want to see a dead body? Watch Raw. <laughs> <laughs> the darling, darling, stand by me. What the fuck? What? Okay, random karaoke break from Blake Tanner there. Stand by me. You want to oh, see this fucking okay. dead body? Yeah, that's now just become like a part of my vocabulary that I don't even associate it with Stand By Me anymore. <laughs> I feel like it might be too soon for the Alexa versus Asuka. Well, she's spooky, and it's Hell in a Cell. The only way I will accept that match is if it's Hell in a Cell. I don't know. I, w- I wouldn't give that to them. I would do like... Some sort of spooky, <laughs> spooky, spooky match. We are at the point where half the card is gonna be fucking Hell in a Cell matches. Yeah, so. just make it the whole fucking card. <laughs> yeah, why not at this just point? Just keep the cell down, Vince. Whole show. Keep that fucking cherry red cage parked outside. Uh-huh. Listen, Asuka's like the one member, the, the fucking, the fifth horsewoman. Yeah. That deserves, like, a cage match. Because Asuka, Asuka can bring some shit. Yeah, man. Alexa too. I, I believe in Alexa's ability to fucking ragdoll herself into a good match with Asuka. What would be good is like a uh, make it Hell in a Cell, but give it a stipulation a la Jay and Roman. So do like Hell in a Cell, but there's like creepy weapons and shit hanging from hang. So like the Firefly Cage or some shit like that. So it's still just the cell, but they put shit up. I don't know, man. You remember the Insane Asylum match between Jericho and Ambrose and how shit that was? Uh, Jericho got. I like that match. He got sixty nine tacks in his body on that day. Don't you dare insult that match. <laughs> it gave us one of the best Jericho reaction images of all time. Uh, and NXT news. It was actually a pretty good episode. I thought overall, like some of the matches were a little rough and a little hard to get into. But then Shotzi Blackheart fought Candice LeRae, and all of that went away. It was just a good fucking show. And then at the end, they brought out. A cheesy gimmick, but one that I think works, and it's the fact that Gar- the Gargano's matches are going to be a spin the wheel, make the deal or something stipulation. Yeah, you remember Raw Roulette? It's that. It's that, but better. <laughs> um, so also, you, there is that bit of news on SmackDown. Do we want to talk about it? Because it involves Riddle and fuck Riddle. Yeah, I've realized, like, every- this is the one advantage, well- Yeah, I think the one advantage AEW has is the fact that I never feel like there's a problematic individual in the ring on AEW. 
but on Raw, SmackDown, NXT. Like, NXT this week, I was like, oh, fuck yeah, Johnny Gargano's got a match. Ah, it's against Austin Theory. Oh, great! This is gonna be a great match. Ah, fuck, they put Riddle in it. Oh, but the match is over. Oh, no, he returned. Like, it's it's just awkward overall. But yeah, um... Oh, fuck. An email came out from a WWE referee. Oh, man, and it was Drake, too. That sucks. I fucking love Drake. And it was... Turns, no, it turns out Drake supports uh, QAnon, so you might not want to... Oh, okay, so no, fuck Drake. Uh, no, 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 yeah, they've got a big problem with that, because he's, uh, he's been raising money for QAnon. Okay, well, it is from... It was to Candy Cartwright, who, of course, was very... Was, was assaulted by Matt Riddle, and it says... Samantha, I regret to inform you that we will have to cancel your booking at NXT for this Wednesday as well as March 4th. Apparently, there were some past issues I wasn't aware of with you and one of our talent that would not make for an ideal work environment. Good luck to you and your career. Motherfucker, what? (laughs) So, Matt Riddle got her blackballed from NXT. Because he's just such a cool bro that everyone needs to love. Fuck! Also, Joey Ryan, if we're going to just do this as a whole segment, Joey Ryan's filing a $10 million lawsuit against Impact. God, good good luck. Anyways, on to AEW. <laughs> Which, uh, yeah, like I said, I, I will say, I know I got very heated. <laughs> about that fucking moxley match like i'm sweating i got so heated over that moxley match but overall there i there were some moments that i consider segment of the year and we will talk about that later but like there was and one of the best matches all year which we will also talk about later and also fucking they gave eddie kingston time to talk at the end of the show so the end of the show was awesome yeah i anytime eddie kingston grabs a microphone i go up and in my little five out of five rating i just automatically put five out of five i'm like i don't know what he's gonna say but five out of five (laughs) at this point he at this point he's cutting like like top tier promos against food so i can only imagine if we actually get him talking about wrestling that it'll be good (laughs) yeah exactly uh also we uh a couple of weeks ago we were like hey should we do a prediction series for the for the fucking number one contender tournament and then it came out and i was like no i think we're good because it's penta versus ray uh that's probably the only one i would consider a toss-up Kenny versus Joey, so Kenny. Colt versus Hangman, Hangman. Wardlow versus Jungle Boy, Wardlow. Hangman's gonna have to face Wardlow's muscle muscle tits. Oh yeah. (laughs) And then Kenny Omega is gonna put on a classic against either Lucha Bro, and then at full gear, Hangman versus Kenny Omega. So yeah, cleaners here, baby. I do love this rivalry because like. I, and I brought this up in my review. Hangman's been actually wrestling and actually practicing his craft. Meanwhile, Kenny's just been doing commentary spots and interviews being like, I'm the best wrestler ever. I've, I've mastered tournaments. I'm like, you haven't been wrestling. And like, I understand he's gonna win it. But like, I, I love that little interesting bit to the storyline of Kenny's not actually working, but Hangman is. Turtle in the tortoise in the hair, man. Tortoise in the hair, man. Yeah, but yeah, come on. From what I, uh, from the matches I've seen, it seemed like a good episode. They finally brought in the time limit draw. Yeah. Again. Oh no, no, that that was. We will get to that because that was probably that was match of the night for me. Um, outside of that, best friends FTR was a basic best friends or basic FTR match, which was a little disappointing. Outside of when. They fucking yeeted Trent into an arcade cabinet. Arcade cabinet. Yep. Uh, and then, uh, of course, the only, Miro- the only really bad part is, like, Miro is clearly rusty still. It's not only that, it's he has so much more fucking charisma than what he's showing on AEW. Like, half his promo was in Bulgarian. I'm like, alright. 
That's over. That's because I want him to just be like a Twitch fuckboy. I want him to be a Twitch fuckboy alongside Kip because it'd be such a like when he came out wearing the fucking like Gucci slides. I was like, ah, I'm behind this. But ever since he's been he's been really struggling. He did, however, say one of the quotes of the night, which was good friends. You break my shit. And that was the end of the promo. It was so good. Yeah, I think I think it's one of those things where he's still getting his bearings. He was off for like what, like four, six months. Yeah, he was he was off for a while. Yeah, he was off for a while. So like he's it takes it takes a while. It's a it's a you got to relearn how to ride a bike. And like you know that Tony and the Bucks and everybody will work with him. Like they 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 want him to succeed. So I have I have yeah, faith yeah. in him. You know how good he can be. It's just like you got to get him, let him get his legs under him. I th- I wish he'd have some more matches on dark just to get back into the swing of things. That might be what's going to happen next. They might be like, "Yo, you're going to do a couple of I uh, also couple love- of squashes. We're going to have you face Lee Johnson. You'll be fine." <laughs> <laughs> well, he did this week. He fought Lee Johnson this week. It yeah, he can match. do it again. Um, but I, I will say, I do love the continuing storyline of Avalon and Cutler neither being able to get a victory. Like, it was a double DQ this week, wasn't it? The ongoing storyline being that the Bucks did not second Brandon Cutler in that match. Oh, shit. I didn't know. Uh, yeah, because I knew about the whole, will they second you thing, but I, I didn't follow up on that. Granted, it was because somebody took Hangman's phone and, like, told the Bucks to fuck off and they tried to, like, reconcile with him. Oh, wow. Are the it was Bucks, probably Kenny. Are the Bucks baby face? Or, like, are they heel No, they're heels. Or- Did you not see the bit where they fucking super kicked everybody in that whatever? <laughs> oh, no, that was, that was the weirdest segment of the night for me. But it feels kind of like they're tweeners. It kind of feels like they're trying to be cool NWO heels and it's not vibing with me. Also, that... I was waiting for like an ROH super kick party. It was two super kicks, then random brawl, then two more super kicks. I'm like, no, no, no. This is your big coming out party. You got to super kick everyone. No, no, no. They'll probably have a, uh, you remember how HBK just started super kicking everybody backstage? I think we're, I think we're, I think we're building up to that where they just come in and lay down like $50,000 and they're just like, watch this. And they, they make Tony Khan watch as they kick all of his assistants. I'll be honest. I don't want him to win. I really don't. I don't want to pull the trigger on FTR best or uh, FTR young bucks this soon. I'd rather see them against like private party or something like that for right now. Private party mean the most underwhelming tag team in the division. I take that back. The natural nightmares are the most underwhelming <laughs> tag team, but a close no, no, second. It- I, I'm I'm also having to figure out what Tony would book because if I had it my way, it would be Reynolds and Silver against FTR. I really just want the Hybrid Two to come back. I miss them and they their wrestled bullshit. Last week, I know, but like they're not wrestling often. Yeah, I don't know. Like they're all they're good. Like they're great in the ring. It's just their weird rave fuckboy characters haven't connected with me completely like they've got they the need same a manager room. yeah like they can both talk but all they can do is fuck boy talk and that doesn't like that doesn't they don't even get a real opportunity for that like they don't cut promos in the ring jack evans just yells random shit into the audience yeah. there's no real audience so like to me it's like they've got the same problem that dexter loomis and nxt has which is the character is great it's just once they're in the ring it's like the character disappears and it's just i do wrestle now okay like you gotta you gotta find a way to make sure your your wrestling like what you do fits your character like that's why bray wyatt was so good when he for and even as the fiend first started out is he made sure all of his moves is something that either a creepy swamp man or a deranged uh, creepy clown would do. I mean, Cage 2 does that. They they fuck with you a different way. Fucking Angelico does it by pulling, like, weird Mexican submission bullshit on you, and then Jack Evans is Jack Evans. It's just that they don't have, like, a promo presence, or, like a video package presence, because neither one of them is that guy. So they need, like, a manager or, like, 
honestly just a female manager that can cut promos like they just need to find some chick who can talk and is okay with wearing like green neon green and yellow rave gear like that's really that's really all they need yeah uh they need a heater they don't have a heater (laughs) quick quick two things one congratulations to john cena for getting married and uh please get well soon to scott hall because he had some bad things happen over the weekend and i want scott hall to be better anyways uh patreon.com slash a load of that's a weird thing to lead into the plug with isn't it? <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> scott hall had a relapse um patreon.com slash <laughs> support scotty so he doesn't <laughs> well no <laughs> i feel like if i got more money he would be worth patreon.com slash loadedbs the website where you can support us get access to exclusive content and get access to our discord which is where we're doing a lot of fun shit now we did a virtual trip to disneyland last week we're doing uh every single time raw smackdown aw airs i go live on the discord and maybe share my screen so you can also watch AEW on the Discord. So you can hang out, live react with us. You, you can give your opinion on the show. So that way, if everyone else happens to love a certain Moxley Archer match, I <laughs> won't be in the minority and I will be able to taper my expectations. But yeah, you get access to that. We watch bad movies. We do all sorts of fun shit on that BS Discord that you can only get access to by donating at Patreon dot com slash a load of b s who we tweeting dylan fuck man i don't know i can't do this every week (laughs) it's your bit no it was my bit then we stopped tweeting dustin and then it stopped being my bit and i would just come up with bullshit every week just to come up with bullshit hey at uh you could tweet uh either okada or jay white and tailor it to listen here fucko you better lose or listen here fucko you better win you could tweet say- anna jay and and tell her to, to keep up the good work fucking beating the shit out of Stu grayson <laughs> I just said, hey, sexy Chucky e. T, do you miss us? Hashtag Dustwatch 2017. <laughs> oh. If this is the one that gets a reply from Dustin, it then it's be. just, no. <laughs> it, it, it won't be. <laughs> he he secretly has us, to, like, you know how you can have your mailbox to fucking take certain email addresses and put them into the fucking <laughs> trash? He has yeah. that. Yeah, he's got us, us muted. Not All blocked, right. just muted. <laughs> On to our uh, heels and faces of the week. Um, boy, Blake, yours and eyes is pretty heavy. So, Dylan, would you like to begin? With which one? Uh, your heel. Oh, okay. So, uh, speaking of, of FTR and the tag division and not wanting to, to pull the trigger on Bucks versus FTR, I would love them to get that shit over as soon as possible so that some of the other tag teams in the division can actually have a chance to shine and not be overshadowed by those two. Because, you know, fucking the best friends got their second tag team title opportunity and got punked out once again. Granted, this time it was by interference, but, like, I can only watch so many different ways that FTR cheats before it starts to get annoying like if they were straight up legitimately beating teams that's fine i mean they beat that's they, fine they beat hybrid too somewhat clean last week they beat them through uh surprisingly enough a splash and then beat them that way so like they are see that's what i like about them not that they cheat to win every time but the fact that they are so old school that they ba- they rarely break out any of their signatures or finishers they are just we come into the ring and we do what we must to win and it's I I like it but I understand where you're coming from because I had a different reason I was upset with the tag booking this week which is Tony Khan has been very adamant about our power rankings are important our power rankings show us the top five best teams and we can use that to figure out who will challenge FTR in the future and then this week they said, nah, fuck that. We're going to put everybody's name in a fucking bingo rattler and then pull them out one by <sighs> one and just be like, I guess it's your turn. And outside yep. of maybe Silver and Reynolds, none of them were like big shocks to me. 
Like, I, I, this is where you need to put in, like, fucking Lee Johnson and whoever he's been teaming with. Then, then next week, build it up as they won this out of pure, they won the opportunity to be here out of pure fucking luck and then build a baby face story and then you build a new tag team. But no, there's no, their tag team division is already fucking eight to nine teams deep and you want them to make a new one out of jobbers. Well, not that I'm just saying like, do something. If you're going to do this whole randomization element, do something fun with it. Don't be like the four teams, you know, including the young bucks they're here here you go listen i'm looking forward to the match that happens out of that because the butcher and the blade get like a bigger opportunity to shine and i really want that for them they're a good team even though their voices need to be swapped (laughs) (laughs) yeah but like they're just such cool dudes you right yeah that's like, how I, I am I, with uh, Damian Priest now, the character. I'm like, you're just fucking cool. I don't like your wrestling that much, but you just fucking rule, dude. I don't like your entrance that much, or your wrestling. Oh my god, or, I, I was gonna save this for my NXT review, but the best part of this week's NXT was after he won, he goes... Hey, follow me. Stay with me. Talking to the cameraman. I'm about to show you something real cool. And then turns around to do the bow and arrow spot. <laughs> and I love that dumb asshole so much that he's like, You want to see something fucking sweet? I got an invisible bow and arrow. But You need to understand, I would be actually like largely okay with that if King Cuerno didn't fucking for four seasons do way better or three seasons by the way if somebody somebody showed the difference or somebody wrote a post on reddit that was like listen escobar peaked as king cuerno nothing he does in this current persona is going to beat how cool king cuerno was and i was like that's that's true lucha underground if if nothing else they built characters that you were like that guy that guy fucks holy shit i really need to watch more lucha underground because i was like which one was queen king cuerno and then i clicked in and went oh fuck <laughs> it's the him man, the, the man the man wore cow- like a modern cowboy outfit with his mask on and you bought it you were like yeah no i could see that man i could see that man doing that <laughs> that works he, he probably he probably goes to the local grocery like that <laughs> i am seeing the local a spanish market I'm seeing the best picture of all time, and it's King Cuerno, and he's just got a fucking deer on his head? Yeah. <laughs> like a actual stuffed, stuffed deer on his head! Yeah, King Cuerno is King Hunter. Who is this crazy, crazy man? I love him! One of the uh, best things that ha- was part of uh lucha underground oh it's just so good it's that eight point buck on that boy's head all right blake do you want to go down the rabbit hole first or do you want me to no let me go down the rabbit hole because mine is just um it, it it's just wrapping up some loose ends on something that happened um a while ago that we just need to cover um and that is uh once again that uh Alberto Del Rio, uh, El Patron, is I thought is we were a... done with you! I thought nope. we were done with you! He is an absolutely terrible, terrible human being on a level beyond what I even like to talk about. Um, last Thursday, very late, like right after we got finished recording, this news came out. He was indicted on charges by a grand jury in San Antonio, Texas. For aggravated kidnapping, and as um, it was stated later in um, the notes, multiple instances of sexual assault to the person he kidnapped. Um, Back in May, Del Rio was arrested and charged with second-degree sexual assault and aggravated kidnapping. Finally, on Thursday, he was indicted on it. And we shall see what his punishment is. May it be as harsh as they can give. Um, uh, let's see. The, uh, he, he had been out on $50,000 bond until this moment. He, um, I believe that he was, he's already been arraigned, but I have not been able to find something on, um, if they've sentenced him or not. 
He's just fucking terrible. Um, this is textbook abuse and shit stain. Like, this is uh, just exactly what you'd expect um, from somebody that we knew what, uh, of him what we knew. And it really fucking sucks. Fuck him. Fuck everything. Uh, and I just, I God bless Ronnie Radke for giving Paige a decent boyfriend. I just like, that's where I'm gonna come from that. Just like, shit. Yeah. Fuck. Good. It's good that she got out when she did. Yeah. Well, now, on to my heel. The worst part of Raw and the worst part of SmackDown and what will continue to be. Riddle got drafted to Raw, right? Nope, you're still on SmackDown. Are you sure? I could have sworn he got drafted to. Hold on. Matt Riddle. Uh, if he is on Raw, that does mean I have one on every show now. Yeah, he's he got drafted to Raw. I got Matt Riddle on Raw. I've got Velveteen Dream and Austin Theory on NXT. And on SmackDown, I have Lars fucking Sullivan. Hey, WWE, I know you thought keeping him off TV for 15 months would make us forget, but you forgot we're the internet. We never forget. We never forgive. Fuck this guy. As a matter of fact, even just the day after he came out, people were um, uh, posting inappropriate DMs that he had been sending to them, which is... I I mentally had this moment where I was like... Because, like, Sammy Guevara, I know a lot of people still do not like Sammy. But in my opinion, and this is just me, I think Sammy has worked to become a better person and that has become evident like he has made multiple videos being so apologetic for what he's done uh even uh jack gallagher we brought up last week jack gallagher you can tell is working like his apology wasn't apology wasn't an apology it was i did some things i fucked up i am working to fix this listen to these people and those are the people that i go okay I, I understand you did some very bad things. You made a very bad mistake, but you've come back from it. And I mentally was like, maybe Lars has worked through things and come back from it. And then the very fucking next day, very next day, a Reddit user posted multiple fucking screenshots of a married yoga instructor getting DM'd by Lars asking to see a booty pics. Uh-huh. And it uh, just... Listen, at least he's keeping it fresh and not asking for titty pics. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> yeah. Apparently sent her $80... And she was like, I'm just gonna refund this because no. And I don't know if they had worked or what, but, uh, and then the article continues, Lars is no stranger to online controversy. You can fucking say that again. But this was made public just a day after his return. It was reported today that WWE is aware of Lars's latest troubles. It was also said that it's beyond safe to say that Lars does not have many supporters left in the locker room. But one of his supporters is has unfortunately the ultimate say, and that may be the end of it because that supporter is WWE Chairman Vincent Kennedy fucking McMahon. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It sucks. It sucks so bad. And, uh, oh, wait, apparently they're trying to do a feud between him and Lars Sullivan and Braun Strowman, so I can at least fast forward through that whole segment now. How will, listen, listen, so the way you can tell them apart is that one of them wears trunks. Yeah, <laughs> and one of them is a bigger creep than the other one. I will never forget the time that, that Braun Strowman posted a picture with him and his, at the time, girlfriend, and she was wearing a shirt that says, I catch these hands. It was just hands over boobs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I was just like, you wore that in public for multiple hours. I don't know. I don't know. Is there such a thing as trashy respect? (laughs) You mean the only thing I ever get? Yes. (laughs) Is that like currency in the South? Can you trade that for like (laughs) Pall Malls and packs of PBR? 
Um, it's not really a, a trade kind of thing. It does influence how many villagers give you gifts, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, on to baby faces, so we can talk about actual good shit. Dylan, you want to start so you could just kind of brag a little bit? <laughs> oh, come on! This is so. This isn't what you think you're 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 thinking. So so I nominate the G one as my baby face of the week because of the amount that it has brought the three of us together. <laughs> I appreciate every that. day that the G one happened. We had like a like a like it was the longest come some of the longest conversations we've had recently, yeah. where we did talk about like a the actual match, b the points, or like see how much we fucking hate people for letting us down. Like it's yeah. <laughs> it's like it was like it was like we were doing fantasy league stuff. <laughs> but for wrestling, it was the closest the, uh, we're going to get. It might be the most I've ever learned for a spreadsheet. Because, Dale, have you looked at the spreadsheet in what I've done? All of the fucking if and <laughs> commands I had to enter to figure shit out for this? Because it's in- inappropriate. I I will look now. Yeah, I like that comparison, though, because this is the most... Like, our prediction series, I kind of see it as, like, part... like what normal people would do as, like, a fantasy football league or something. Um, but the G1 is where we go our hardest in the prediction series every year. Um, and that's that evolved because one year you just said, we're doing the fucking G1. Get, get fill in those pickums. And we actually went back and listened. It was, why don't we do the pickums this year? And if I lose... I never talk about New Japan again, and Dylan unfortunately won. And I won gave us handily. This, I gave won. us the Sisyphean curse to have this happen every year. I, uh, uh, I have no regrets. Yeah, I, I'm not gonna lie. I have been enjoying the uh, G1 tournament. I've not watched a single fucking match, but I always aspire. I love waking up in the morning and having fun with my spreadsheet. <laughs> All right, uh, I'll do my baby face next because Blake, I can talk on yours as well. Uh, mine is what I described in my review, and I will say again right now: might be my segment of the fucking year. It is easily the best AEW segment of the year, which means it's the best wrestling segment of the year, and it is MJF making a career announcement and inviting out Chris Jericho. It was fucking art. Yes, it was dumb and comedy, and that is the best shit on the planet. Like, MJF being like, come on, Sammy, put on your jacket. I finally got it for you. Put it on. And then it's like five times too big. And then Sammy's having to act upset through the rest of the segment, but he's wearing this, like, his dad's jacket. My favorite bit was, I would like to... Okay, come on. (laughs) Come on, MJF. Come on. Come on, Jeff. Get it, get it together. You're, you're blowing it. Swallow your pride. Yeah, he's like, I want to j- 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 jo- jo- join a local yoga studio. And ah, oh, damn it, no, that's stupid. Ah, fuck. I want to join the, the the inner spirit of myself. Like, it's so good as he's trying to say he wants to join the inner circle. There's also a very long extended bit where he just talks about how good Jericho's hair is and how bad he wants to touch it. And then, this is the only way I'm going to ever ask to do this with you, Blake. Mm-hmm. He look, Jericho looks at MJF and goes, the Dark Order, or I'm sorry, I always call the Inner Circle the Dark Order. The Inner Circle makes decisions as a group. As you can see, my fellow compatriots do not agree with me, but I may, <laughs> I may be able to convince them after next week, when we go one-on-one to a stake dinner (laughs) and then there's a shot of guevara's face and guevara looked like jericho just challenged him to a duel it was so good and then they played it up like it was a wrestlemania main event mjf is just like you really want this, Chris? You really want this? You want this steak dinner? And then they go quiet and you hear the crowd going, steak, 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 steak. I've never wanted this. I've never this wanted a steak more in my, my life. life. Mm. And that is just cutting the surface of these two phenomenal performers 
just doing the best shit. Yeah. That is how can, what how, I come to wrestling for. How can that segment exist and you not declare AEW the superior show just based <laughs> on that alone? The rest of it could have literally just been three people standing in a ring playing with blocks, and I would still be like, <laughs> no, no, no. There was some good shit earlier. You don't understand. You don't under you don't understand. I remember I was sitting there. The best friends did best friends things, and then there was this promo. We're good. <laughs> like that. And what's bad is like, uh, here's how you know a wrestling segment is good is when it taints the upcoming segments by making them equal. It's like when you laugh at something actually funny, and then dumb shit starts to make you laugh because the next segment was just a Britt Baker segment with Tony Schiavone, and it was just dumb Britt Baker shit. And I was still like, this is phenomenal. This is Tony's getting his chest wax. Fuck yeah. Oh, by the way, Tony said that that um, he didn't expect that to be make it to the final cut, and it was a rib at him. <laughs> The exact words, these bitches all held me down and ripped my chest hair off. Tony Schiavone just talking like a normal human being, like an AEW understand, is my favorite fucking thing. Just looking at Aubrey Edwards, fuck you, bitch. <laughs> you're just like, that's, that's the voice of WCW. Like your, your head just explodes every time. It's like, holy shit, Tony. Secondary babyface Tony Schiavone. Um, but onto my baby face because as uh, as you mentioned, um, MJF and Jericho did their things. The best friends did best friend things. But on that episode of AEW, Orange Cassidy did Orange Cassidy things oh, in the yeah. best way possible. And you know what? It ultimately led to his defeat. Um. So fuck. I love well, I love Orange Cassidy. I- actually. Did not lead to his defeat. It led to his draw. Listen, let me get to it. Orange Cassidy did a fucking Broadway on television. Yeah, he put on a phenomenal match. And I love that he he did... It was Orange Cassidy at his purest because he started out being Orange Cassidy. The lackadaisic lazy wrestler that we all know and love. And then he turned the fucking gas on and he fucking brought it. Like, this was... Per, this is uh, this shows exactly who he needs to be fighting. Just uh, because with the Jericho feud, it was all about him trying to be a main eventer. He didn't get the chance to do his Orange yeah, Cassidy he, thing. He became a generic babyface. And what I, I liked about this, there's a lot of shit. I, I, like, this was match of the night. But for me, what I liked about it is the fact that as it went on, it wasn't like he was turning the gas on like, I'm gonna fight you. It was... I want to win. Like, I, I'm just lazy. So a lot of his shit was just trying to find clever roll-ups, clever pinning predicaments to put Cody in until eventually he's like, fuck it. Okay, beach break. Boom. Okay, let's go. It's him. Well, it's, um, it is what they say, how uh, a lazy person will always find the quickest, most efficient way to do something. And that is that is Orange Cassidy style in a nutshell. Um. But because he took so long to do it before he finally, like, went all out 100% the best that he could do, by the time he was able to get Cody down for a three count, we hit a time limit draw right fucking there. Did you see the shot of Cassidy after the match? Because it's heartbreaking. Because Oh, yeah. Uh, even, for, even right before, the moment when, like, he went and he it looked like he thought the ref was going to give him the title. Yeah, you see him, no. he, he's going to the referee with his arms out and the ref just walks past him and you see Cassidy collapse. And I'm like, I'm going to cry. I'm going to cry at AEW. Yeah, because he had his moment. And it slipped by him just so quickly, and he was devastated. Now, what I like about this match, especially, is the fact that it's kind of exposing who I think, if they do go down the Cody heel route, who he's going to be. And I think it is a babyface, or a heel who thinks he's a babyface. Because the opening of the match had Cody doing generic baby shit stuff, like running circles around his opponents, going to the crowd, be like, let's go! Those weren't getting pops. Cassidy was getting pops. Orange Cassidy's dumb shtick was getting pops, and Cody wasn't. And you could see how fucking mad it was making him. And it was so good. 
Yeah. And I love the uh, build up to it. Cody was interviewed and he says, I think Cassidy beat Chris Jericho and that is something to be applauded. But I've went back and not once in his entire wrestling career has Orange Cassidy ever done a collar and elbow tie up. And that is grossly offensive to me. And I will make him do one. <laughs> and so in the middle of the match, I remember them hitting a collar and elbow and it, Cody being so happy about it. And I was like, oh, that's why. <laughs> that's why that happened. Yep. Um, God, it was a great match, but it, it also showcased why I and I think everybody else loves Orange Cassidy. Yeah. Like it, it was like I said, this put him over harder than any of the Jericho matches, because in those he was being generic babyface. Here he is being Orange Cassidy. And it was very good. Yup. Uh, but yeah, that's a fuck. Yeah, it was better than Raw. It wasn't as it wasn't as better as SmackDown, but I will I will relent that it was better than Raw. Yeah, which honestly is not a high bar, but there were some good segments in Raw. Yeah, yeah. Raw had some... Uh, this was a tough Raw to beat. I will give them that. Uh, but now on to our closing discussion. It actually does revolve around Cody Rhodes, who was interviewed about, like, are, will we ever see AEWX NWA, AEWX New Japan? And Cody replied, I think you'll never see a full-scale joint promoted show. We have too much pride in our individual brand. But in terms of relationships, we're never closing doors and we're never going to pull up bridges. And then he goes, I laugh when I hear people talking about trying to get a working relationship with New Japan because clearly it already exists. Moxley's been on New Japan. Jericho has. It already exists. NWA and Tony Khan are in contact. I love seeing Tanahashi. Uh, Who knows? It's something that could happen in the future. So I mean, we've already we have um, and like Cody said, like they won't they might not do full shows, but having Thunder Rosa come in and fight Sheeta like that was fucking fantastic. That was a very big deal. And like, I wouldn't doubt if they brought I mean, we will eventually see Kota Ibushi in AEW. Like, there's no way we will not I don't, see. I don't want Kota Ibushi. I need, I need Suzuki to show up because I will take the day off of work. I will drive to Jacksonville. I will stand in line for three hours just so I can hear Kaze Ninare in person. <laughs> I, COVID took both my dream matches away from me, and now I have to get that, that feeling back. Right. But that leads me to ask... If AEW had a, and I will even include WWE if we want, if they had a working relationship with whoever the fuck they wanted, if wrestling was a fun, happy place where people didn't care, what matches would you want to see? Suzuki Moxley, obviously. <laughs> Again. Um, Orange Cassidy, Daniel Bryan. Orange, I will counter that with Orange Cassidy, Tyler Breeze, because then you could get comedy shit. Because, like, well, Daniel can't. Daniel can do a good comedy match. I would like to see Orange. I would like to see Orange Cassidy, uh, Yano Toru. Ooh. Oh, that's good. That's good. That's good. Uh, ah, shit. They, they've already done Tanahashi Jericho. Damn, Jericho really did go through. Who would be a great match for me in New Japan? I'll do them all. Thank you very much. I would love to see. Uh, I would actually, no, I'd like to see Jericho Ishii. Oh yeah, that would be because they're both brawling styles. So like Jericho wouldn't have to try to get technical with it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like Jer- Jericho evolved into a brawling sp- style once he got to New Japan. He's like, I ain't gonna try this technical bullshit with these guys. I'll break my fucking neck. <laughs> uh, Jay White Moxley, love to see that. Ooh, Ooh Jay White Brody Lee. Ooh, bull- bull- bullet nice. club versus Dark Order. <laughs> In fact, no, just make that a whole show. Bullet Club versus Dark Order. Give me G.O.D. versus Re- uh, Reynolds and Silver. No, no, no. G.O.D. versus fucking Uno and Grayson. I, 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 I honestly do think Reynolds and Silver is a better tag team than Uno and Grayson. I see from this. Fuck, man. Can you can you mail me down whatever you're smoking right now? Because it's got to be some good shit. Uh, uh, okay, in AEW. Overall, yes, fucking Super Smash Bros. are killer, but in AEW, I think I've seen Reynolds and Silver put on better matches and do better shit than uh, Dark Order. You can't get behind it, can you? It feels wrong. I can't. It feels wrong to say, doesn't it? I, because I'm, it's because I'm not a fan of Alex Reynolds. Oh, really? No, no. I lo- like They work really well together, I think. 
they work well together, but like he's he's such a weak link that like when it's just him in the ring working somebody, I completely lose interest. Whereas like if it's Uno or Grayson, I'm just like, yeah, dude, this is gonna be some good. This is gonna be some good wrestling. Fucking yeah. John Silver carries that tag team. Well, he carries the Dark Order. I would like to see Oscar versus anybody, but particularly Britt Baker, so I get to watch Britt Baker die. Uh, uh, wait, you don't want to see... Oh, wait, no. I definitely... Well, no, actually, triple threat match. Oscar, Io Shirai, uh, fucking... Oh, I was about to say Kyrie Sane. Holy shit, oopsie poopsie. Sheeta? Yeah, Sheeta. <laughs> I would fucking love that. Um, let's see here. What's There's, there's one I actually had been... Thank you. I would love to see the Orange Cassidy Suzuki match we never got. Yeah. Oh yeah. That would be very, very good. Um let me see. I'm so unfamiliar with the current Ring of Honor roster after yeah, everything that's it. happened, and then I'm like, anybody? Fuck it. Fuck <laughs> 'em, uh, no. Fuck it. Fuck 'em. Who cares? Um Brody Actually Brody King, Brody Lee. <laughs> Uh, that actually, that actually could, if they got that working relationship, that could happen because Brody King is working the some of the U.S. New Japan shows. Yeah. Oh wow. Look, um, ah, fuck. It wouldn't have to involve Marty. Well, take Marty out. Dark Order versus Villain Enterprises. Vill- the name Villain came. Villain from- Enterprises isn't a thing anymore. So. Yeah. Uh oh oh um. So many of my so many of my things involve Orange Casty, like Orange Casty versus Hiromu. Oh, oh, fuck, yes. Oh, here- I do want to see Orange Cassidy just fight everybody. Yeah. Orange Cassidy versus Flip Gordon, but Orange has a loaded gun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I'm trying to think of, like, who Lethal would be a good pairing with. Who what? Lethal. Because, like, Jay Lethal can wrestle a good match. It's just, I don't know. Eh. You could have him. You could have him and Gresham, like the, oh, the no, tag no. team. Uh, lethal Cody, the proposed faces of their company. Cody being the aide. Oh, you mean again? Yeah, they already had like several matches years ago. Well, yeah, Cody hasn't gotten any better. Yeah, that could be build up to it too, and shit like that. Uh, Session Moth Martino versus Hangman Page in a drinking contest. Oh God! <laughs> I want. I just want Page. Now that Page has had like. Two years. I want to see Paige against the New Japan guys again because I feel like now he's grown enough as a wrestler that like what were already like above average matches could be in like that four almost five level. Yeah, I could. See I would that. pay. I would pay good money to see Hangman versus Okada now. Is Dal- is Dalton Castle back to being Dalton Castle, or is he still on his weird heel Joe Hendry shit? Um, bro, I don't even know anymore. Cause like I want, I wouldn't mind Dalton in AEW. I love Dalton Castle. Just if his in ring work got a lot better, his in ring work is fine. It's just he suffered that injury to his hip, and like hopefully he got to recover. But that really slowed him down afterwards. Yeah, because he had to wear that weird hip brace that he wore trunks over, so it looked even weirder. Yep, there's there's nothing on Dalton Castle's career post two thousand May twenty nineteen. Oops. Oops. Oopsie poopsies. Well, okay. What'd you boys learn this week? You know, I learned that Dylan's not always in the tweeting mood. I learned that sometimes I can get as frustrated and angry as everyone else about wrestling. <laughs> Also, I learned Orange Cassidy needs to fight everybody. Uh, I learned that I will argue with uh, with Scotty uh, over shows that I haven't even seen. <laughs> <laughs> like, I talk about Raw, and I'm just like, you know Suzuki came out during the show. Like, they changed no, his gimmick out there. I would have known no, that no, immediately. He was... <laughs> he my, Twitter, my Twitter would have blown the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> I would have been like, it was fucking Tanahashi in, in the main event. No, nope, nope, it wasn't. Shut up. <laughs> but, by the way, uh, you asked about Donald Castle in the pure tournament. He lost in the very first match of the tournament. It was to Jay Lethal, but he still lost. 
Yeah. Who's in it now? Like, are, have we gotten to the finals yet, or? Uh, it is, let's see here. Uh, it's Lethal and Gresham against, let's see here. Lethal's either facing Fred Yehi or Tracy Williams. And then, uh, Gresham's facing either Josh Woods or PJ Black. So it's probably going to be PJ Black and Hot Sauce Tracy Williams. I'm happy, uh, old, uh, Tracy's still around. I love Tracy Williams. All right. Where could people find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me at Blake A. Tanner on the Twitter. You can find me at the Darkroom Vidya on YouTube and here on the BS Network every week until I finish paying my penance. And you can also hear him on the next episode of Opposite Attractions because we couldn't record Opposite Attractions. So instead, me and Blake fucking recorded a 50-minute tutorial on how to get drunk at Epcot properly. <laughs> Step one, go to Mexico first. Step two, by the time you get to Germany, it's over. Oh, no, no, no. We we started in Canada because we drink scotch in the UK. That doesn't go on a belly full of alcohol. That does not go on a belly of a lot of booze. Listen, neither does the tequila you get in Mexico. Yeah, but that's at least got, like, juice with it or something. Juice. Juice. <laughs> all right. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at ScottyMo, S-C-O-T-T-Y-E-M-O, and you can check out all the other programming, including the Audioverse Award-nominated Mini Adventures of Sammy Magic, and you can get all of that at a load of com. Special thanks to Mega Ran for our theme song, Fighters. Go give some love to Megaran, friend of the podcast, friend of the show, friend of the boys here, and make sure that you support him as much, if not more, than us. And as always, you can find us at a load of purebs.com. Step up to the merch table at merch.loadofpurebs.com. Find us on Facebook, donate to the Patreon, join the Discord, and remember to follow us on Twitter at Fight Boy Show Chuck Taylor, because when you're a fight boy, you're a fight boy for life!